0: Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup. And you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-size Intense Therapy Lip Balm, SPF 25, in natural mint. Here's to the winning combination for 2022. The LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping. Available at getjackblack.com with the code TEAMJB while supplies last. You're listening to an LA Kings podcast. For more episodes of
1: this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com/slash podcast.
0: You're listening to all the Kings men. The official podcast of the LA Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is all the Kings men. Development camp wrapped up with a scrimmage last Friday, and I know lots of people have questions about development camp. It's during the day when people have to work, it's a bunch of drills, some scrimmaging. There's not a ton of coverage because, frankly, there's not a ton that happens. That being said, we know you've got questions, so we went to the source to try and get some answers. Jarrett Stoll is on the player development staff and was there for every day and every moment of development camp. You've seen him lift the cup. You've seen him talk hockey on the broadcast. Now you can hear the passion and the affection he has for the sport and these kids as he answers all of our questions about development camp and the L.A. Kings prospects. Joining me now to talk about the L.A. Kings development camp, Jarrett Stoll. How are you doing today, Jarrett?
1: Good, good, thanks for having me.
0: No worries, look, I'm not a nickname guy. Do you prefer like Stoley or any of those nicknames or just Jared? All right I never know what to do in these situations. uh, it's fine. I'm good with either yeah, All right. yeah <laughs> All honestly, right. it doesn't really bother me. <laughs> perfect. I'm gonna start simple because uh i I know that we tend to talk about stuff as if everybody knows. What, what what the heck we're talking about and i forget mm-hmm. sometimes that people don't so let's just start off with a simple one like what is development camp
1: well development camp is uh building relationships building trust with uh with our players uh obviously our younger players in the organization players that were just drafted our younger prospects that have been in the organization for a couple of years um you know players that played for the ontario reign and a couple guys that played for the, the la kings this year so we had a uh, really good skill level, really good training camp all, all week. But development camp is basically to, you know, for, for a lot of these kids to, to meet us, meet the whole staff, meet the trainers in L.A., the coaching staff in L.A. Um, some of those guys were in town. Uh, so they, the kids, they meet a lot of people. Um, they see the facilities. Some of them, it's their first time to Los Angeles. So they get to uh, experience that. We take them to the beach. They get to experience that. Um, it's just a you know, there's no, it's, it's not a training camp. I just said that word, but it's not a training camp. It's just a, a development camp. Nobody's making the team or, or getting cut uh, uh, that week. So it's just, it's just a fun week for everybody to, to get to know each other a little bit better. Who,
0: who learns more? The players learn more about the staff and the organization or does the organization learn more about the new players coming in? Wow. That's a really good question. <laughs> I, I think
1: it's a, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of uh, the staff that are that are watching these kids, and um, you know, kind of breaking down their every little move sometimes. But uh, for us, yeah, we don't we don't know much about these kids. Some sometimes we, have you know, the, the scouts do, and the scouts that, that drafted these kids do for sure. But uh, for us in player development, we we worry more about the kids in our organization already. Um, you know, going to the Ontario Rain Games, going to whether it's junior games in Canada or NCAA games, wherever our, our kids are at. So. That's our focus. And now now our focus, you know, switches to some of these other kids as well. So it's uh it's a little bit of both. That's uh that's a good question.
0: So given the small turnaround between the draft and the start of development camp, guys like, you know, Jack Sparks, Caleb Lawrence, Jared Wright, there's no way the, the scouting staff knows that those guys are coming to them, right? Or or a guy like Jack Hughes that, you know, Mark told us he thought he would go somewhere between 25 and 50 or something like that. They get them at 51. How much communication is there between the scouting staff and then you guys at development camp? But, you know, cause I think you had three days, two days between <laughs> to draft and, and development yeah. camp. How much information are you even given on some of these kids?
1: Well, after the draft, for sure, we uh, we're given a lot, you know, in Montreal, we're, we're all there. Obviously we're sitting up in the suite and then we get to meet these kids uh, and their families and, and they come up and, um, yeah, we meet them. We have quick conversation with them. They get all their gear, and then uh, we basically, you know, switch to, "Hey, you're coming to LA either tomorrow or the following day." And uh, we do talk with the scouts. So, and what's 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 this player like? What are his, you know, strengths, weaknesses, and uh, what they what they feel, what they've seen, because they've watched these kids for maybe you know two or three years now, and then they know and they drafted the kids, so obviously they know and they they put their uh, trust in in you know those kids to you know be nhl players one day and uh you know you don't just draft these kids or put your neck out there for them if you don't believe in them so yeah we have conversations with them pretty quickly after the draft to just to get a better idea
0: does the scouting staff uh write recommendations for specific players so I, you know I won't use a specific player but if if they draft a kid Will they say, you know, we liked him for all these reasons, but maybe his skating needs work, and so you guys should work on his skating? Do they yep. give you specifics? like How much weight do you guys give to that? If they say something and then the kid comes in and after two days you look at each other and go, this kid's skating is fine. They don't know what they're talking about. you, you <laughs> just write that off?
1: Uh, yeah, you can write that off. But, uh, <laughs> the, those conversations happen for sure, that he needs to work on this or his, this is his strength. But um, the scouts have seen these players live. Uh, their live viewings is, you know, obviously really, really important. You know, video as well. They go through video even a a couple of days before the draft to make sure on, on certain, certain kids, certain picks where, where their list is at. And, and right up until the draft, they're, they're looking at these kids on video. And, um, yeah, the live viewings are obviously the most important, but, and we don't get those, you know, we don't get those live viewings unless we get lucky and one of our prospects, you know, say Martin Chromiak playing in, in, in Kingston. Um, and then you get the see your, um, uh, the right kid, but we didn't have a chance to get them, but those are just, that's just an example of, of, uh, you know, if we get lucky and we see somebody that our scouts like, then they'll tell us too. They'll, they'll know, they'll see in our, uh, our little, um, you know, we have a, we have a little organizational, um, program we go on and we see where everybody's at around the world in, in the organization. So if they see we're at that game, they're going, to Hey, look, take a look at this kid. So there is some communication there that happens at, uh, that's pretty good we get to to see these kids live but uh yeah no it's 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 tough cuz we we don't know them at all and the scouts do and then right away after the draft there's uh there's some good communication on what these players are like as a person and, and on the ice
0: Hockey's a small world spread out over a large space right you've got teams in southern California you've got teams all across North America then you're drafting out of you know Helsinki and Germany and you know Russia and you must know guys on different staffs and and everybody, you know, Mike Donnelly, Matt Green, Sean O'Donnell, like all the guys know guys in different leagues, different teams. How much communication is there? If somebody knows somebody that coached one of these kids or that played with one of these kids or if somebody's dad has a kid who's in a, you know, on an OHL team with one of these kids, how much outside mm-hmm. communication is there to find out, uh, to fill in some of the blanks on on the players that you're not as familiar with?
1: yeah for sure you reach out to whoever anybody any kind of connection that uh, there may be and, and yeah like, there are a lot of connections in and around hockey everybody knows that it's it's small sometimes the world uh, with, with uh, this sport but yeah any anything any kind of information you can get and the scouts do the same thing they they talk to a lot of people whether it's old trainers old coaches uh, old teachers whatever whatever the case may be you got to find out as much about these kids as possible because you know, you're putting your neck out for them and, and you're, you're trusting them that they're going to, you know, repay you in, in, in a way to speak. But uh, yeah, no, any any way you can do it. It's, uh, you know, we all have, you know, very good experience throughout the years and in playing not only in, a, in the NHL, but just pro hockey in general, you know, through the minor leagues and uh, even junior, you know, certain certain guys end up in certain places where where you all of a sudden see, oh, this guy's coaching this, this team or this guy's uh, scouting for this organization now. And those are a lot of people you see you see a lot of those guys at the draft too. And, uh, you know, everybody, you know, everybody has their own suite, um, you know, around the arena and it's, you know, right beside us was Anaheim and then Washington and then Detroit. And so you're right beside them and and you go out in the hallway, whether you're going to go to the bathroom or going to get a a water or whatever, it's, you run into guys and you, you know, have little conversations uh, with them and there's surprises, surprises that uh, you see where you didn't know a guy was scouting for this team or, or even player development for this team. So, that's the fun part of hockey is, um, you know, it's uh, like we said, it's it's a small group that uh, kind of has so much experience and, and so many, um, you know, most of the guys played, right? Most of the guys played and maybe we were teammates with guys as well that, uh, that we can lean on for some information.
0: So for those who may not be aware, the development camp is broken into two sessions per day, usually forwards and defense. We've spoken to—I don't remember who it was that told us—but somebody was telling us one time that like Bill Ranford will sometimes come talk to the def- uh, to the forwards, excuse me, um, about an opposing goaltender. I'll give him a scouting report and say this is where you want to shoot on this guy. We only see the forward coaches with the forwards and the defensive coaches with the defense. But are there video sessions or are there private training sessions where you'll talk to the defense and you'll say? And this is how you need to position yourself to deal with specific kind of forwards, you know, will Matt Green and Sean O'Donnell come talk to the forwards and say, this is what you need to look for in tendencies on defensemen, stuff like that. Or do you just sort of stick with?
1: with yeah, the- no, it's, it's, no, we do that. It's, it's very, very smart. That way to, to kind of compare, compare notes, so to speak. And, you know, the goaltending, uh, we didn't do that this tra- this development camp with, uh, with the goaltenders and Bill Radford, but, um, For the defense and the forwards, for sure. If you got a, you know, you're, you're doing two on ones. And I know Sean and, and Greener came down and made sure that, uh, our forwards were trying to make a, make a pass through the, you know, east to west. Try to make a pass when you're coming in uh, across the blue line because they're teaching their defensemen to, to don't allow that pass, you know, and, and work on it that way. So, and then for, for forwards as well, same thing, say D zone coverage, um, throughout the course of the year, trying to, to teach forwards, um, the proper way to play, play D zone coverage or the angles. You want to take forcing the player up the wall as opposed to letting him cut back. A lot of those things that Sean and Greener will tell our forwards because basically that's what they're teaching the defensemen. So, you know, making sure that they know how to play it that way, a certain way, how the organization, how we want them to play it. Um, so, uh, and even vice versa, it's, um, you know, for us to, to talk about what's difficult for the defensemen, you know, in the Ozone, what's difficult for them to handle then we can go back and tell her forward, say, listen, this is what the defensemen are telling us. So let's try to work together that way where we can all get better.
0: So that, those are the questions I could come up with that were sort of generic about any development camp. Let's talk about this development camp specifically. When was the decision made? And if you can tell us how, as much as you can tell us how, was the decision made to invite all of the kids from the 2019 and 2020 draft classes? Because there were a lot of guys, like you mentioned, Jordan Spence, uh, Toby bjornfoot uh, Helge grans, Quentin Byfield, mm-hmm. Arthur Cali, of guys with you know eighty games of NHL experience and some guys with you know just as many games of AHL experience
1: yeah, I think you look at pro games pro games in total, and that's kind of the way we went and also just uh just the experience and and you know the way guys have in a way their pro careers have gone so to speak uh, to date, and that's something that we felt was very important on on which guys needed. Needed uh, more development and to, you know, improve their games. And, you know, with, with, with Toby, for example, he was in and out of the lineup a little bit with the Kings. So in, in order to get him, you know, we want him to play 82 games next year. And we want all these guys to play 82 games next year. Quentin Byfield, very, very off, important offseason for him. Jordan Spence, same thing. These guys all got a taste of the NHL. And now it's, you know, that little extra, you know, development, little extra tweaks to their game to, to get them better, to get them more confident in themselves. And then uh, they can they can play full seasons and become real, real NHL pros and get their careers off and running. And uh, with Arthur, you know, he played a full year. He was up with the Kings the whole year. But we felt as an organization that he can uh, he can benefit a lot from a development camp. And it, it, it'll be as it was his last development camp. We'll be let's be honest. He's, <laughs> he's not going to be at development camp next year. Um, you know, neither will a couple of these other guys. But uh, we just felt it was very, very important for these guys to be at this camp, not only for development reasons, reasons in general, but leadership reasons as well, you know, to take these younger kids that had just gotten drafted uh, under their wing, so to speak, be first in line during all the drills, you know, pay attention, do things right all the time, every rep, do things right. Cause these kids that were just drafted, they're watching, they're watching Quentin Byfield, they're watching Jordan Spence, Toby Bjornfoot, Arthur Kalia. They're watching guys that have played in the NHL and they got to do it right for those kids. And uh, that's the leadership that we want and I thought those those guys did a great job of providing
0: that. We talked to Mike Donnelly uh, at the end of camp and he said I believe it was Fagamo had spoken to him and said that when he originally God, the inviter was asked to come, he sort of, you know, obviously he showed up, but maybe internally he was a little bit, do I really have to do this? But by the end of the week, Mike said that he had reached out, you know, that he had said to him, he was really glad that he came and that he actually found it really useful and helpful. Did you get that feeling from a lot of the the older guys that maybe there was a little bit of reluctance at the start, but by the end of it, they had bought in and and really given you a, a solid week?
1: Yeah. I don't know if, if certain guys expected to to be at the development camp considering, you know, they played some NHL games and, um you know, that uh, it's not, it's not bad. It's just, you know, they, they feel they're at their past the development stage. Some, some of these guys, but you're really not. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how many NHL games you've played. You can always get better. You can always develop. You can always learn more new things. And the game changes, you know, a lot, you know, we've seen it over the years. It's now it's a, a fast-skilled game. Goals are scored certain ways um, differently than they were in the past. There's more one-timer goals now. There's more seam pass uh, goals now. Um, the offense is more spread out in the, uh, in the offensive zone. You know, before, I think, you, you know, they get to the net, get to the net. You have two guys at the net, three guys at the net. Well, now I, I, don't, I don't believe in that. I believe in spreading it out a little bit. Yes, you got to have a, one guy at the net for sure. But, um, you know, if you have two guys at the net, that means there's four guys at the net because they have two defenders there. If there's three, then that means there's six. It's just hard to get shots through. You got to spread out the zone. You got to make uh, skilled plays. And goaltenders are so good now that it's, you got to make sure you get the, the puck on the net as quickly as possible. And that's some of the things we, we taught these kids in, in some of the shooting days and scoring days that we did. I don't care if it's bar down or not. If it's in the back of the net, that's, that's, that's a goal. So get it on net because these goaltenders are too good um, to try to make a perfect shot against them. And uh, where one out of fi- two out of 15, if you're going to make a perfect shot against Vasilevsky, maybe, but that's, that's not very good odds. So um, yeah, there's a lot of different things that, uh, you know, are, are a little bit have changed in the game. So try to teach these kids that and develop that. So I don't, um, you know, I don't believe in it just because you played, 20 or 30 NHL games that you're, uh, you're past your development camp stage, I guess you'd say.
0: There's no answer to this question, so it's not fair for me to ask, but it, I started thinking about it. Um, when, when, like, Let's just take the 93 Kings. They go to the cup final, and it's Barry Melrose behind the bench and Cap Raider, and that's it. I don't think there was a goalie coach. I don't think there was a second you know, defensive coach. There was no development camp. There was Barry Melrose and Cap Raider. And I'm not even sure the Cap Raider really, I don't even know what he did. Um, (laughs) Is it possible that the way the game is evolving, like you're talking about, is partially because now there are, you know, three coaches behind the bench, a video coaching staff, a development staff. Like the more eyeballs, the more minds are on your side of it now. It's just going to keep, changing faster and faster does that does that sound yeah. right
1: yeah well, you look at other sports too you know football you got the receivers coaches you got the special teams coaches and to be honest in a perfect world you would like a you'd like a coach for every player right um you know to develop but that's uh probably won't happen just uh budget wise won't allow <laughs> won't allow it but uh you know it, yeah it's three co- three or four coaches on the bench and and two video a lot of teams now have two video coaches. Not just one, so that's how much video is uh, is happening now in the game of hockey and pre scouting, and um, that's just preparation, right? That's just uh, being as prepared as possible for your opponent, and then you know, come playoff time, you're playing that team maybe seven times in a row, so you got to really break that team down. Um, but yeah, development staffs are are all you know across the league right now. I don't I don't think I know a, a team that has you know two or three development coaches. Everybody has more than that. Um, you just uh, obviously needed, you know, some defensemen and forwards and a goaltender, but um, yeah, I just think the more the merrier in, in that uh, regard. You got twenty-four players on a team, um, you know, on any given day, and then four or five extras that are skating. And uh, the coaching staff, the head coach and the assistant coaches, they, they can only do so much. They got to worry about their team. They got to worry about, you know, how was the forecheck last night? What do we got to tweak on the power play? And um, in order to do one-on-one or, or to You know, work with two or three guys individually, that's hard for them. That's, uh, they don't have that much time to be honest. They got to worry about their, their, their team. So, uh, Mm -hmm. that's where we come in and we can, uh, really help these kids and and get their confidence going about certain things that they need to work on and, and then eventually help the team and, you know, help, help the team win.
0: So I started out as a fan. I was a season ticket holder for years and years and years, been coming to games. And and the more I do what I'm doing now, the more I realize how unfair I might have been as a fan. And (laughs) development camp comes at a weird time in the calendar where like, there's no more games, the cups handed out training camp is, I think I heard somebody say 10 weeks away. And so there's players on the ice, there's pucks moving, there's sticks, you know, banging. And and I get questions from fans. I get calls from <clears throat> my dad and he's, you know, the question is, well, who stood out, who looked good. And that's like, that's our impulse as fans, right? Like, Oh, well, yeah. you know, Jack Hughes looked amazing. And, you know, this guy, you know, didn't and blah, blah, blah. But it is development camp. You know, you said it's not yeah. training camp. So is it even like, my impulse is to ask you like, well, who surprised you who looked good, but is that even a fair question at this point? Like, does it even matter who stood out in, if this is a primarily an educational uh, activity? Uh,
1: no, you still, you still look at that. You still kind of, uh, you know, break that down a little bit. We, we do that. We did that every day. You know, we just go through players and you know, who, who surprised you today or who impressed you today. Um, and I think initially all, all the veteran players in the develop you know, in the development camp, they, they not only impressed me but they you know they showed me a lot of leadership qualities they took it seriously they um uh, just like I talked about you know five ten minutes ago about doing every rep the right way and leading the drills and stuff like that so I was they all they all you know had great days there it was just uh, they did a good job and you know the younger players you know like Jared Wright I, I was really impressed with him and his speed and um you know I could see him uh playing one day for sure And all these kids need need some years of development and need some years of getting stronger and faster uh Hughes was great I thought he made a lot of good plays um you know with the puck and, and just uh, seeing the ice the way he did um you know Sparks was great he's a big big guy but uh, moves really really well and uh for that big a, a frame for him to move around the ice that well with that bigger reach playing defense that's uh that's impressive so um he was another guy for me Uh, I I just thought it was a very good camp. There was uh, all the draft picks came in, did a good job. Um, You know, lots, lots going on for them. Like I said, they're meeting a ton of people and new surroundings, new drills, new, maybe some new coaching, some new um, techniques that they had to learn. And and, uh, they did a heck of a job,
0: I thought. Was it my imagination or did Arthur Kaliev uh, look very determined not to get beat? in any uh board battles or uh one-on-ones or he he from like the first drill i watched he stood out to me as uh, not messing around
1: well that's kind of what we were the way we kind of planned the the camp the week so to speak with uh with me and and mike donnelly just uh, monday morning it was it was puck protection and uh loose puck battles and just to see get these kids right into it right away one-on-one battles and with the defenseman, it was more, it was, it was a slower pace, uh, more teaching, more, um, kind of walkthrough. Um, but with us, it was, you know, you gotta, you gotta teach these kids, uh, how to battle, how to use your body position, how to use angles, uh, to protect the puck and, you know, two hands on your stick versus one hand on your stick, when to do that. Uh, and then the battle, the compete level that, that they, they need to show to, to win that battle. And that's what it's all about. There's Loose puck battles, I don't know, many there aren't a game, but there are a lot. So um, you need to learn how to do them the right way. And, yeah, Artie, from, from the first 10 minutes of that Monday morning session, he was – you're right, he was determined. He was getting in there. He was hitting. He was physical. Um, he was strong, I thought. And he just keeps getting better and better. His pace just keeps getting better and better. He's moving out there. Um, you know, when he first came into the
0: organization, yeah, he needed to work on his skating. He needed to pick up his pace, and he definitely has. All right, a couple uh final questions before we jump uh, exclusively into some fan questions um you mentioned leadership were there any of how how quickly can you pick up on a on a person that has innate leadership abilities like you're getting these guys 3 days after the draft 2 days after the draft some of these guys maybe a year after their draft can you tell uh when you're watching a room full of kids that maybe don't know each other or getting to know each other for the first time can you see one Persons start to stand out or, you know, beach days. There's somebody who's organizing the volleyball game? Can you start to see those, those qualities?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, engagement, who's, who's engaged with their teammates and, uh, you know, who's, you don't always have to be, you know, chatting and hooting and hollering, but yeah, who's, who's kind of, you can maybe see sometimes who has that respect, who has that, uh, you know, those leadership qualities that, um, you know, maybe bring out the best in other guys as well you know, Jordan Spence was, was great. You mentioned the beach day and, you know, him and uh, Quentin were really good at organizing and making sure guys were, guys were playing, guys were, were into it and not just sitting around. And, um, you know, Sammy Fagimo, he was great too. He was, uh, all the guys that we kind of hoped would, would take control a little bit. Uh, they did, they did a heck of a job at that. Um, but more, yeah, more just, uh, you know, who's, who's engaging with, with, uh, whether it's the younger guys that are, that are new to Los Angeles and, and new to everything within the organization to, to try to get them involved, uh, make them feel comfortable. Uh, you don't always have to, you know, be the the, the most talkative guy in the dressing room, but um, be the first in line. I the Brand Clark example. He's uh, he was the first in most drills that, uh, that I looked at down the ice about to blow the whistle. And he was the first guy in line. So that was, that was impressive to me. Um, you know, for a guy that's uh, fairly new to the organization that, that, you know, he wasn't at, uh, he hasn't been at a lot, of, a lot of these camps due to injuries and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, for sure. You can see pretty quickly who, who, who those players might be uh, one day. And, you know, they're, some of these kids coming in, they, you think they would be uncomfortable. But the kids that aren't or weren't, um, those are the ones that uh, maybe, maybe do have those leadership qualities.
0: Bad calls, dirty slashing. We expect a little bull on the ice. But you know when we can't stand it? when we're tracking packages looking up tracking numbers shipping statuses that never get updated we call bullshit so we got route it's the free app that tracks everything you order online in one place route sends us real-time tracking updates or we can pop into the app to see where our stuff is on an actual map download the route app in the app store or google play or head to route.com to learn more no bullshit just great tracking can we ask you a couple of questions that I uh, pulled from a fan site? Yeah, for sure. All right, and feel free to uh, pass on any of these. Um first up is why does Matt Green always look like he's ready to throw down?
1: Uh he's intense. He was uh, <laughs> he hey, is These are fans if, if these are fans questions, these fans know that yeah. uh, that's how Greener played. He played intense, he played uh, played mean, played physical and um and he's taken that uh taken that you know as a, in a coaching role as well making sure these kids know that it's time to compete and be intense and battle and um yeah no that's uh greener would be a good coach one day he's got that uh he's got that uh, that attitude where uh you know he's not going to take anything from anybody and make sure you do things right
0: now this one is i've asked a bunch of people about this independently i think i've even talked to you about it and feel free not to answer it but Every time I ask about this, I get a sort of a different answer, and it feels like it depends on who I ask. But every fan that I know of the LA Kings has asked me about this issue or talked about it. Uh, and that is stick length, specifically when it comes to Quentin Byfield. Um, so. Uh, Next question. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, That's okay. But I mean, so the answers I've gotten are it doesn't matter. It does matter. It's too long. It. It's perfectly fine it'd take a year to do, you know to adjust to a new stick length it wouldn't take any time to adjust to a new stick length. Like i've heard just every, you know opposite answers depending on who i ask so i guess i'll just ask it this way does it matter how long a player's stick is like willie mitchell famously had a really long stick
1: mm-hmm.
0: and is the relationship between a player and a stick like is that Does it matter, like whether it's the curve or the lie or the length? Like, how long does it take to adjust to a new piece of equipment?
1: Uh, It it takes, yeah, for sure. It it does take a little while, Um, you know, for a new curve or or the length. It's for the length. It's it's a weird one because it's like, well, how does the how does the person skate? How how big is he? You know, what is he when he's skating from line A to line B? How low is he? How bent over is he? How upright is he? And then that determines on, hey, your lie, how much blade is on the ice with your particular lie that you're using. And some guys growing up, going through juniors, some of them don't even realize that they can, they can actually change their lie. You can change your curve. You can do whatever the heck you want to your stick to, to make it, um, to make it as comfortable for you as possible. So um, with Quentin, yeah, he's experimenting for sure. He's trying different things, different lengths, different curves, different lies. Um, But it's all, it's all, you know, your, your comfort level on, on how you skate, like Pavel Datsuk, he was a more upright skater and his lie on his stick. If you look, look at videos of him and still shots of him, his whole blade is on the ice and he knew what kind of lie he needed to, to, to have to be successful because of the way he skated. Uh, you Malkin, same thing, skates more upright. He has a different lie than, than most players have because of that. So, uh, with Quinton, he's more bent over. So he needs to adjust his lie to make sure he has more blade on the ice and um you know his hands are low so it it looks like his stick is even shorter than what it is and um you know for him that's just something that he's that he's used for forever and the way that he maybe grew up uh, playing minor hockey and that's just the way the length he had it and then uh, you know as you get older and, and, and grow more and more you you do something that's comfortable for you and that obviously is comfortable for him but um he is experimenting he's he's trying new things he's um, you know, so if, if fans are worried about that, just, uh, take a breath. Don't worry about it. It's, uh, he's, he's coming along. He's, he's, that's, that's part of development as well. And that's, uh, yeah, not something that a lot of people think it is, but like, you know, you think about little, you know, the staples of, of development and you know, puck protection and loose puck battles and wall play and, um, yeah, experience, experimenting with your equipment. Maybe it's kind of the same as your, your skates and the, the, the um, the hollow you have on your skates that can change too. That changed over my career. Uh, the hollow, just you want as much glide as possible on the ice. It just makes you makes you look faster and makes you feel better when you got you got a good glide um, where you're you're not exerting so much effort to to get uh, to get moving. So um, yeah, there's a lot of things. You know, your gloves, your glove length. Um, you know, different types of gloves, different styles. The, the
0: wrist protection that length.
1: Yeah, there's that. Yeah, that's okay. it. Just uh, there's a lot of things that you can do, um, but stick obviously is most uh, probably the most important uh, to be comfortable. And um, but like I said, it's uh, everybody's different. Everybody skates different. Everybody, you know, you some guys are six five, six four, five eleven. So it's it's just a matter of uh, doing something that uh, feels the most comfortable.
0: Now I use the word and you use the word and I'm not hundred percent sure that I used it correctly. When we're talking about the lie of a stick, we're talking about the angle from the blade and the shaft, right? How mm-hmm. okay. Just yep. it's a phrase I'm not yep. sure that everybody knows. Uh next question yep. was uh do you have a favorite Mel Gibson movie and what is it?
1: Oh jeez. <laughs> uh, uh... Mel Gibson. What, what's with Mel Gibson? Why? Uh, I don't know. I
0: don't, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody asked Mark what his favorite dinosaur was. You get the Mel Gibson movie question. Oh, well, it's
1: got to be. It's got to be Braveheart, I would think. <laughs> all right. That's a, yeah, a it's, perfectly it's, acceptable it's, answer. It's,
0: it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Back to hockey stuff. Is there Was there any prospect, uh, and I'm amending this question, um, any prospect that I would call sneaky good, sort of surprised you, maybe you didn't see coming, and all of a sudden you're watching and going, oh, my God, this kid's amazing. Hmm. Let me think about this one. Um, I think Sammy's really,
1: he's developing quickly right now. Um, he had a great year last year, scoring 29, 30 goals with, with the rain. Not many on the power play. Um, you know, a lot of those were five on five. and uh, He's gotten a lot quicker, a lot stronger. Uh, so he's going to be knocking on the door for sure for, uh, for a roster spot with the Kings. I know he's a guy that's been in the organization a little while, but, um, you know, I just, uh, every single day he, he stood out to me. Um, Jack Hughes again, he, he made a lot of plays. Uh, he played, uh, he played really, really well throughout the week. Uh, Andre Lee, you know, Andre Lee impressed me, uh, every day, every session, how strong he is, how big he is and how, how quick he got too. Um, I remember his first development camp he needed that. He needed that, that uh you know those two or three quick first strides he needed to to get that giddy up get that a uh, little bit quicker get him moving because once he's moving that big big frame he's uh he's he's flying out there so um yeah he impressed me a lot i'm sure fans that that came to any one of the scrimmages noticed him uh so yeah off the top of my head i would say those guys
0: i felt like every time i looked up on that friday scrimmage anytime i was going oh man that was a nice play it was andre lee it felt mm-hmm. like he was really showing yep. off. Um, yep. All right. So that sort of addresses the next one, which was going to be any players showing surprising growth. So I'm going to amend that question to a guy like Fagamo. Um, how, like, there are tons of guys everybody can see that, that excel in the AHL. They're great in the AHL. They score 30, 40 goals. And then for whatever reason, it doesn't translate to the NHL. But the skill set, if you put, you know, a player that does excel at the NHL next to a guy who, who for whatever reason, can't make that leap. It doesn't look that different. Um, how big a, a gap is it between the guy that's an AHL, you know, perennial all-star, and and then you know, a guy who can who can make yeah. that jump? Yeah,
1: those those tweener kind of players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, different roles. You you get a guy like you know, say Sammy, yeah, you get 30 goals from Sammy. He's, he's playing on the, you know, the top two lines, second line the last couple of years in Ontario, getting, you know, close to 20 minutes a night, um, you know, very, very involved playing in most, most situations. But then, you know, he gets called up to the Kings. He's not playing that role right away, you know, unless there's injuries happen and then he can play up in the lineup for sure and show off his skill level. But, um, you know, there's certain, that that's just the, it's a big difference. The, the AHL to the NHL is a big jump, really, really big junior and NCAA to the American hockey league is a big jump. And I believe that, you know, that, that uh, the next jump from the A to the NHL is, is even bigger. So it's, it's tough because yeah, some kids, they just, um, they play a different role. They play, you know, the first power play unit and then they get called up and they're not doing that. You know, they're playing eight, eight minutes a night. And that's just a big, a big change and you know they got to get their confidence some kids need to get a bounce they need to get a break um to get up to to play on the power play or maybe injuries happen and um you know maybe you you know have a good couple a couple games a good stretch and then you get that you get elevated to the top line uh to play 15 17 minutes a night and then then you take off that happens too so yeah there's there's a lot of little situations that uh yeah, I know what you mean and I know that the question is it's a very valid question because it happens a lot. There's every organization maybe has one or two of these kids. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to call, but um, I know we have some of them in our organization that um, not only Sammy, but uh, there's some other guys that uh, are maybe caught in that, uh, that situation.
0: I think it was Sean Dursey after the draft. I think it was Dursey tweeted something like to everybody that didn't get drafted, heads up, keep working, you know, like you're, it's not over how much, Mm -hmm for lack of a better phrase, like how much does the power of positive thinking come into what you guys do? Cause these guys are all going to have different you yeah. know, career paths. Different you paths.
1: Know,
0: some, yeah. Some, you know, like Taylor Ward was at the camp. I don't think he was drafted. Um, and then you've got, you know, Quentin Byfield, second overall pick, and they're not going to have the same path. Like, yeah. do you, do you have to tell some of the, some of the guys with less impressive, you know, pedigrees like, that is not, you know, you're in the, you're in the organization, it does, you know, you're here, yeah. like, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're a second overall or a, you know, 180th overall, you know, there was uh, Alex LaFerriere again, same thing. He was another guy that impressed me over development camp. I missed him, but you know, these kids are, are fifth and sixth rounders that uh, come in like, you know, Jared Wright, He's sixth round pick. Like it's just these guys come in. It doesn't matter at that state after the draft. The day after the draft, it doesn't matter because you're all going to the same training camp. You're all doing the same drills. You're all playing in the same scrimmage. So just show what you got. And, and everybody develops at different stages, right? Quicker and some guys are longer. But um, yeah, see for Sean Dersey and for, say, Jordan Spence, for example, like these are two great storylines last season for the Kings that, you know, unfortunately, Drew got hurt and it was a long-term injury. And and Dursey comes in and and his first game, he he scored against Toronto, I believe, or had a goal and assist. And then you just take off and you're on the power play. It's just something that um, what we just talked about. So with uh, Spenny as well, came in, played with some great confidence right away. And and these are both guys that, uh, yeah, mentally they're strong because they had to, you know, keep believing that they're going to get their chance. Believing they're going to get their chance and make sure their game is ready. Um, when they do get that call, when they do get that opportunity in their first game, make sure you're ready to go. And, um, you know, it's a day in, day out thing. That's, uh, you don't take weeks off or, or have a tough month. You're not getting the call up. If, um, you know, there, there's communication every single day between the, um, you know, the American Hockey League coaches, Rob Blake, Nelson Emerson, Glenn Murray, um, to, to Todd McClellan. Now, there is. And it's just who's playing good? Who's, uh, who's confident? Who's not? Who's having a tough stretch? Uh, cause those guys aren't getting called up. And that's just the way it is. That's the reality. And so keep your game sharp. Keep it tight. And, uh, yeah, you got to be mentally strong because you never know when you're going to get that opportunity. I got my opportunity through an injury as well and just, um, you know, took advantage of it. So that's, uh, that's the best advice I could give is uh, make sure you're ready. Keep your game sharp.
0: I think it's good life advice, too. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned the leap from juniors and NCA to the AHL. You you know like in this development camp and or not even in the camp but in the system you've got guys playing in the NCAA you've got USHL kids CHL you know players from foreign leagues guys that are now in the AHL do different leagues do you need a different touch with guys playing in different leagues or does it not matter which league they're in Hmm, uh, that's a good question. Uh, that one's a fan one. I can't take credit for that. One.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just, it, I think it depends on, you know, there's certain kids that are the same and you got to deal with them the, the same. And then there's certain kids that are, not and you got to maybe um, be a little bit softer for sure, but you just got to get through to them as best you can. And whatever way that is, that's, that's the way it is. But um, you know, for junior kids, they just, there's a lot of things they don't know. And they're, you know, professional hockey, you know, how to be a pro, what are the things that, you know, simple little things like you know, you if it's there's a ten o'clock meeting, you don't show up at nine fifty eight. You know, you <laughs> don't. You show up at at uh nine fifty 9.50 or nine fifty three, you know, and, and that's that's the I know it sounds kinda maybe stupid, but that's just the way it is. That's uh in life. You you gotta be on time. You're five minutes early, you're you're late sometimes. Um, you know, if you're there's a team you know, a team event or a team party or a you know, someone's getting honored and, and, uh, you, you show up and you show up if, if it's five minutes or if it's, uh, three hours, you show up for your teammate, you show up for, for their family. Um, that's just a little example of, uh, you know, turning pro and some of these kids, they don't, they don't understand that yet. They don't realize it yet. And, uh, so yeah, you gotta, you gotta deal with, with kids a little bit differently sometimes because everybody's a little different. But, um, as long as you get through to them any way possible, because that's the main objective. That's the main goal. Um, they got to trust you and and you got to trust them that uh, you can both work together and 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 get better uh so get their you know not just on the ice but off the ice uh, like i said becoming a pro and certain examples that uh, you need to do and and do consistently day in and day out that's what it's all about guys that play 10 years or 15 years it's uh, it's a grind and that's why it's so impressive of guys that play so long is cuz it's it's an everyday thing and in the summer, you know, maybe you take after the season two or three weeks off, maybe a month. I took, you know, three weeks off usually and at the most a month, depending on how early we finished or late we finished and then get back at it. And, you know, get to that's where you, you gain the most strides is, uh, is in the summer. Uh, and then you can, you know, just go on from there and, uh, and throughout a long season. So. Th-
0: the one difference there is in the leagues is that the NCAA players can't come to uh training camp in the rookie thing. Mm-hmm. So is there an impulse to pay more attention to them during development camp? Cause that's really the only face time you, or on ice time you'll get with them in, in the calendar year. Uh, yes and no, you know, you gotta, it's, you got, I think we had 18 forwards
1: uh, on the ice, me and uh, me and Mike. So uh, you gotta make sure you're, you're, you're giving everybody the equal shot and equal opportunity and, um, cause some of them you know, are just drafted. So you don't, you don't know them as, as players or people yet. So, but on the same token, yeah, it's, you, you know, you're not going to see them uh, at the rookie tournament in, in San Jose playing against other, other teams, uh, rookies and prospects. So yeah, for sure. Alex Oferrior is just one of those things where you wish he could come, but, but he can't. And uh, you try to you know watch him as closely as possible and see how, uh, how he's improving and developing and, and go from there but you you know you see him over the course of the season a lot so we got uh we're going to have some a lot of guys in and around that boston area that are this year playing so uh, we're going to be in boston a lot
0: all right only a couple more and then we'll let you go uh brant clark mentioned the that they were showing him a lot of video of dan boyle's career um and he said that was really helpful and he really appreciated it. is that a method that you guys use for other players you know are you showing some of the forwards you know some some other comparable forward highlights yeah no
1: that's uh for sure and I don't know you know sometimes even you ask these players you know who do they emulate their game after who do they you know look up to and you know usually it's you know like if you're a centerman it's Patrice Bergeron or Andre Kopitar and um you know for us for me especially you know if I'm working with the centers on say D zone coverage or you know positioning you know in relation to where the puck is on the ice like Andre Kopitar all day long, like Phil Deneau all day long. It's just these guys are in the right position all the time, and that's why they get the puck in the D zone all the time. It's just they're in the right position. You know, you're not too far ahead of the play where you got to stop and try to get back. You know, you you can always go the other way around if you're slow, and then you come from underneath. And, you know, trying to, you know, teach these guys that you don't need to be fast in the D zone. You need to be fast with the puck by the red line and by the far blue line Um, because they want to always be in a rush to get to get to certain places, but that's, you know, you got to read the play first um, and then, uh, and then go, but yeah, we do for sure. Uh, even, even uh, certain guys that are, are goal scorers, you know, showing, showing Sammy, certain guys that get uh, get their shots off quick, you know, David Pasternak, Austin Matthews, these guys that score goals, um, Steven Samkos, you know, one-timers, how are they one-timing the puck? And, you know, what positions on the ice are they getting to where they're scoring most of their goals? And like I talked about earlier with uh, spreading the ice uh, in the offensive zone, like certain guys score a lot of goals from, from the same spot. And uh, you watch Leon settle, where does he score his goals from? And that's not only on the power, but that's only not only on the power play, but that's five on five too. Uh, he gets to those spots because guys know where he is and it might just need to throw the puck into that area. And then he's done such a good job. And, um, in practicing those shots, like he practices those shots all the time. I saw it in playoffs, and you know, watching the Oilers practice in their pregame skates and certain guys that that practice, you know, certain things that are going to happen that night in the game. And then when they do, it's in the back of the net. So, yeah, for sure, I could go on all day long about. Certain <laughs> Please players, do, but, I love it. <laughs> uh, that's that's just uh, being excited about you know development so, and teaching these kids.
0: So that that is a that's a perfect. Uh, sort of segue into the the last sort of thing I want to talk to you about. Um this was a fan question, but I'm fascinated by it too. And and the gist of it is is there a certain mindset that you need to adopt to succeed at player development? And what I know about you uh as a player and and the stories I heard during the you know the cup runs and during your career is that it you sound like the same guy that that we knew about five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Did you have to change your mindset to move to the development side or, or, I mean, it just sounds like you're bringing every attitude and thing about who you were to, to just a new job.
1: Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I think you just gotta be, you gotta be positive and you gotta be, um you know, you gotta just, like I said, it's, it's all about building relationship and, and them trusting you and vice versa. So you gotta, you gotta put the work in as well. And that's just like when we played hockey, the preparation that we had to, Put in for, for being ready for a season or being ready for a game. That's, that's the same as, you know, player development. We got to be prepared. We just didn't go out for a development camp and that morning of figure out what, what drills we wanted to do or what, you know, me and Mike, let's, we better hurry up here. What are we going to do for, for this session? You know, you got to be prepared. And it was months of talking and what's most important for, for the players in this organization? What do we believe in? And, um, yeah, that's, uh, we got to give our all to these players as well. Uh, like we expect uh, them in return. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, we got our own little team as, as part of our development staff and it, it's really cool. It's really awesome that, uh, you know, Glenn Murray and Sean O'Donnell, Matt Green, myself and Mike Donnelly. And, um, you know, Odie has great relationship, race, relationship, sorry, with um, Glenn Murray. They play junior together. Me and Odie and Green are all played together um, for a, a little spurt uh, during the course of our careers. So uh, that, that helps as well. Trusting your uh, your own staff and and bouncing ideas off of those guys, um, whether it's us towards them or those guys towards us. But uh, no, you just gotta you know be positive every day. Just try to be positive. Try to try to learn new things. We're learning new things too. Like I just talked about about the way the game is played now. It's changed, so we gotta change our mindset and our our way of thinking a little bit too. Uh, when we played, you know, and it wasn't that long ago when we played, but you know things have changed and. When we first came into the league, I first came in in 2003, and things have changed a lot over the course of that time. So making sure we're adjusting as well and just being as prepared as possible.
0: Whenever a, a former player talks about, you know, well, well, what do you miss the most, right? It's a standard question, and the answer is always the same. I miss the locker room, I miss the guys, I miss the camaraderie. Does being on a development staff, you mentioned that you guys have your own team, does, how, does that, how far does that go towards replacing that, uh, that feeling?
1: Well, it's it's similar similar in a lot of ways. Like we, some of us still travel together to see see some of our guys, some of our players. Um, I really enjoy sitting in our development office at uh, in El Segundo at the at the facility and sitting in. We have a, a nice little development room there, a big big boardroom with our you know all of our sayings and all of our beliefs on the wall and, and pictures and um, you know whiteboard the the markers usually going and um, you know what we what we believe in and certain things that we, I don't know. We just, we talk like we're in a locker room and that's because uh, we are, that's our own little locker room there. And um, we BS about whatever and talk about the, the games the night before, talk about our players, how they played the night before, and uh, just break down a lot of things and, uh, and just chat. And that's, uh, I really enjoy that right now with, with all four of us on our development staff. It's, uh, it's not a locker room. It's, but it's uh, as close as we're going to get right now. And uh, it's a lot of
0: fun. I'm going to dip my toe in uh, forbidden waters here and mention the pyramid. Um, how much input do you get on, uh, on filling out the pyramid?
1: Um, oh, our dog is going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <right now. laughs> Someone must be a Dallas. Um It's an organizational kind of belief system that, uh, mm-hmm. that we feel all of us feel are, are the, are the pillars of, of what we want, what we believe to all of our players to, to take the heart and to, you know, just bring on a daily basis. And some of it is stuff that, that takes a while. It takes a while to incorporate into not only the person, but, you know, eventually the player and that's on and off the ice. And, you know, whether you're, you know, being coachable, the, you know, being respectful for your teammates and um, the culture that we want to pro- uh, provide here and that we want to build here. Um, the culture is probably one of the most important things that I believe in and having the right culture having the right um, group of guys that can provide that every single day, you know, and that that starts from the top and it starts from, you know, Rob Blake, Luke Robitaille, down to the coaching staff and then down to your captains on your team, guys that have uh, been around the, the longest. You know, you got right now, you got, you know, Quickie, Drew and and, and Anze. And they got to set that culture in the locker room and make sure um, it's it's done the right way. And you look at the pyramid, there's a lot of words on that pyramid, but, um, they, every year it, it keeps, you know, we don't just add 50 words, uh, <laughs> in one, one training camp. It's, a uh, it's a process. And that's, um, that's another good word that, that we use a lot in development. It's a process. Uh, you're not going to, uh, learn everything in one day or one week at development camp. It's, uh, it's a process. And that's why it's, that's why it's called development. It's you're developing your, your skills and, uh, over the course of uh, time, I guess and and that's like I said at the start of this call it's uh, it takes a while and it takes a full career. There's certain guys that are are learning things that have been in the career for ten or twelve years. you know Connor McDavid, every pregame skate in the playoffs, he was working on his faceoffs and you, know, you look over the course of his career and his faceoff percentage has gotten better and better and better. Sidney Crosby as well. He wasn't very good. he didn't have a very good percentage when he uh, his first uh, you know three or four or five years in the league, but it's gotten better and better because he believes that's an important part of the game. And, um, you know, for young guys too, they got to realize that. And that's just one example, but, um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a process. It's a long one, but, uh, you got to put the work in.
0: Well, I could, man, I could talk to you all day, but I'm not gonna, I'm going to let you go. But before I do <laughs> one, one final thing, it's not a question. It's just a, a comment from my part. Um, it's been a ton of fun watching you get better on TV. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> past season the uh the playoff series against edmonton you and jim uh finishing each other's sentences and, and sharing what you saw on the ice it was it was yeah. a ton of fun i think you're getting really great at it uh really helping the, the broadcast out and as a fan like i said selfishly just as a fan uh, i think you're you're great at it and uh, i'm really happy to have you there and uh thank you so much for giving me your time and talking to me about development camp
1: i uh, appreciate it no thank you it's uh it's a lot of fun to doing development doing the tv and breaking stuff down
0: so it's uh
1: yeah it's, it's a lot of fun to be in the organization in a lot of different uh, aspects. So thanks for having me.
0: All right. Enjoy your summer, and we'll see you out on the ice in a couple months. All
1: right. Take care.